welcome to another episode of the Forest Forge podcast. I'm here with Laura Clement. Thank you for coming over and chatting with me tonight, Laura. Thanks for having me. Of course. So um, let's get to know you a little bit better. Um, tell me a little bit about your childhood and what it was like growing up. Well, I was born in Lancaster, California. That's northeastern Los Angeles County in the high desert. Um, right next to Palmdale and in the vicinity of Edwards Air Force Base. And so I always tell people um, sometimes when the space shuttle would be returning and Cape Canaveral in Florida was had inclement weather, they would sometimes have the space shuttle land at Edwards Air Force Base. Oh, wow. And so I grew up having a parade on the day that the shuttle was going to be pulled from Edwards Air Force Base through our town to Lockheed Martin and then it would be piggybacked on like a 747 wow. and got back to Florida. How cool. And you know, and growing up, um, I had friends whose parents worked on the space shuttle sometimes when it was at Lockheed Martin, like repairing the heat panels and things like that. And so when the Challenger shuttle went down, that really affected our community. And we renamed yeah. the street that the shuttle would go on you know, Challenger Way in memory of the space shuttle. So oh. lots of ties to aerospace there in the high desert valley. Cool. So you're a desert girl through and through? Or... I am, although <laughs> that desert had the Santa Ana winds all the time. Oh, so it wasn't quite and, as hot. Uh, it would, you know, you'd get, you'd get highs over 100 there, but it would always cool down at night. So getting used to the Mesa... And Phoenix Desert. <laughs> and it just <laughs> We're in the middle of a huge heat, an unusual heat wave yeah. right now, too, where, you know, it doesn't cool down at night. So that's been something strange to get used to. The sun goes down, but it still feels like the sun's out. <laughs> I know. It is a hard thing to get used to when you're used to the nights cooling down. But I, I think I am used to it now, although coming back from a trip where it was cool and coming back to back to the heat my we were playing pickleball and Saturday morning and I just went to go get a ball and I came up and my head was dizzy and I think it's because I had just traveled to the cool of England oh, <laughs> I was wow. totally yeah. spoiled and then come back here and so my body had to readjust again but I really love the winters here I you can't they're the winters here you can't <laughs> so um have you gone straight from California to Arizona or was there a little bit of no, Different I in between. went to school at BYU Provo, and that's okay. where I met Dean. It was like the Friday, our first date was the Friday before my freshman year classes started. And oh, so had, right when you got there. And he had gotten home from his mission to East Germany, and so, yeah, we just started dating. We just kept dating. <laughs> and how did that go? How long did you guys date for? We, what was the dating was, process like for you? I was a hesitant person, but... <laughs> Um, we dated, it was two years from the time we started dating till when we got married, and that was, that's a long time in the LDS, BYU culture. <laughs> so yeah, I just was hesitant, but it ended up being that, um, it wouldn't have been good for us to get married that first summer, because my parents went through a divorce, and so it, the timing would have been horrible. So then it was like after all that had kind of finished up, then I had this peace come over me that the, the time was right then. So it worked out well. 
Yeah. <laughs> there was a reason I wasn't getting a strong answer, and it's because the time wasn't quite right. So did you eventually get a strong answer? Were you, were you searching for an answer this whole time, or how did that go um, for you? It was more of like, even on the day I was getting married, I was still receiving little yeses. So in the case of that revelation, I felt like it was thousands of little yeses that just kind of accumulated and eventually it just felt like the right thing to do. I never had a huge answer about marrying Dean. It was just thousands of little yeses. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I feel like marriage is a big deal and it takes faith even if you have a strong answer. So I think that it's really cool that you even had a thousand little answers, but it still takes faith. Mm -hmm. um, how have you maybe fallen back on those small confirmations as you've navigated throughout the rest of your life? Well, as far as marrying Dean, I've never had like doubts about whether or not it was right. We get along really well and I really feel blessed to have him as a partner in parenting. I always have. But um, I did have an experience right before I met him. So growing up I had always been active in church and um, you know I read the Book of Mormon once when a family or a home teacher had challenged us, but by the time I had finished it and I wanted to report back to him, he wasn't our home teacher <laughs> anymore. And you know, I was like 11 or 12. But I remember being really excited about that. Um, went to seminary, got, you know, gradually developed a um, habit of reading the scriptures, and but never felt like I ever got any magnificent answer. So when I moved up to Provo a little early with a friend who was a junior at BYU, and she said, come on, Laura, let's move up early. We can get, we can sublease a really cheap apartment, and, um, and then you'll have better dibs on on-campus jobs. You know, you won't get there with the rush. You'll get mm -hmm. there early. And that's actually how I met Dean at the Cougar Eat. I got a job as a hostess at the Cougar Eat. But um, during that time, I just happened to be finishing the Book of Mormon. So I, um, I went on my knees and I said, I'm gonna ask as Moroni says we should. And I just got on my knees and I was basically asking if the Book of Mormon was true. And I just had settle upon me. It was kind of like, um, it, first there was just the thought you already know and then it felt like um, little particles of like dust like swirling around me. And it all represented all the little pieces of what I already knew. And it, it like, ex like in my, in my mind, I thought of all the aspects of the gospel, not just the Book of Mormon. So temples and Joseph Smith and prophets and, you know, everything was swirling around. And it took me a while to, f you know, I think most revelation is like that. You don't, it's like hard to put into words sometimes and it can take you years or decades to kind of have it settle on you what it mm -hmm. meant or maybe later in life you realize it had implications mm -hmm. that you now understand you know yeah. but in that case I heard um, Elder Ballard speaking once and he was talking about a parable of 
um, an eager gold rusher looking for gold and he meets a man who's been getting gold out of the river and he has a pouch at his side. Well, he first thinks, oh, you've got gold nuggets in your pouch, but when the man opens it, he reveals that it's just little tiny dust particles that he's been getting out of the river as he's panning for gold. Mm. And when I heard that story, I thought, that's like my revelation. It's like we all have a little pouch at our side, and during our life we, we collect confirmations of truth. And sometimes it takes that little spiritual experience equivalent to like your bag opening and the dust, the gold dust swirling around mm -hmm. you to see, oh, maybe I do have something in my testimony pouch. So it was kind of nice to have that experience before I met Danny. Yeah. Because um, because marrying him was right, I didn't serve a mission, and I had wanted to serve a mission. And so it was nice to have, yeah, that experience. To know that that was the right thing. Yeah, to just to kind of start my adulthood with my first, like, significant, mm -hmm. um, you know, manifestation that I could call my testimony. Throughout your life, how have you felt like you've been able to stay rooted in your testimony? Well, um, a few years ago, I felt prompted to kind of change up my prayers. And I'm always trying to improve my prayers and make them not rote and make them meaningful. And so a few years ago, I felt really impressed to start writing down my spiritual experiences, but also thanking the Lord every day for my most significant spiritual experiences. So maybe early on when I was praying, I would be really detailed and really thank Him by explaining everything surrounding and that happened during those spiritual manifestations. Um, but then over time, I would just kind of find a descriptor word to describe that experience, and I would spend more time thanking him maybe for additional experiences. And as I did that simple prayer habit of thanking him for significant spiritual experiences, uh, more memories of other experiences that I had kind of forgotten about that were more minor would come to mind. For example... I had totally forgotten this one night. I think my parents had been arguing and I was a little upset. So I was upstairs um, in the log cabin. So my parents had bought some property in the desert outside of town and with their own hands had built a log cabin out in the desert. It's wow. kind of unique. So we had, I was up in my bedroom in the top of the log cabin and I was uh, feeling upset and I had an old Raggedy Andy doll in my arms. So I don't know. I was probably about 9, 10, 11 years old. Um, and I was holding this doll at the window, and I could kind of see my reflection in the window. And I was just feeling really sad that my parents had been arguing or were arguing downstairs. And I remembered I had this impression come over me that was sort of like, Laura, you know, you're old enough to know 
that this doll that you're holding that has given you comfort through your childhood is not real. It's not really alive. But I am here and I'm watching over you. And I remember just looking out the window and it was dark outside, but I could kind of see my reflection in the window from like even maybe just a nightlight, a warm nightlight that was in my room. And I just had this overwhelming feeling that the Lord was watching over me, like could see me through the window. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. And I had totally forgotten about that experience until I was in that habit of thanking the Lord every day for the things that I could remember, the bigger experiences I had had even more recently. And so that simple practice that I did for months and I, maybe even a few years, because um, I'm praying a little bit differently now. <laughs> Not that I don't thank Him for those spiritual experiences, but it was just such a blessing to me. And I feel like it taking time to remember keeps um, the waters of our testimony from, from becoming stagnant. Of course, having new experiences helps as well, but just giving Him thanks for what He's already given me has been a huge blessing and strengthening strengthened has strengthened my testimony what a powerful exercise that you did with thanking heavenly father for specific spiritual experiences and i would think that by doing that you would be more sensitive to spiritual experiences that happen maybe every day because it's something that's already on your mind, something you're thinking of. So I think that's really cool and something that I should probably adopt and try it out myself. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Since you mentioned you wanted to serve a mission, but you weren't able to serve a full-time mission, can you tell us about your opportunities to have missionary experiences throughout your life? Yeah, I guess I always look for those opportunities. I've served as a ward missionary before. Um, I remember one particular time on a plane, I just started talking to this guy next to me, and he was kind of an evangelical, um, maybe a youth leader or a youth pastor at his church. And we just spoke, like, the, spoke about the gospel for like two hours on the plane. And I felt, you know, I got off think feeling yeah. like I've done missionary work. So I've had a lot of little experiences like that. But also when I was deciding what to study in college, I realized I wanted to get a master's degree in teaching English as a second language. And I hadn't even ever thought of doing graduate work before. And I hadn't even, I mean, I wasn't really, I was in the middle of changing from a design degree to an English literature degree. And so, and then I realized, oh, what I really want to do is get a master's. And so I remember taking that in prayer to the temple and having an impression that, you know, it, it could be right or it was right, but eventually I would use that degree to serve in the church. And so right now I am a um, senior service missionary serving with the Welcome Center for Immigrants here in Mesa, Arizona. Right now, for the past year and a half, I've been teaching virtually from home, and I teach English Connect, um, English as a second language, to, uh, at first it was in person to people in the community who needed to learn English, and now I 
teach church members and their friends, mainly, from all over the Americas. And they're, right now, most of my students are Spanish speakers, but so I'm serving a mission now. So, and my cool. patriarchal blessing said I would. And so I always thought, oh, maybe after Dean and I are retired, we'll serve a mission. But nope, it, it's come true <laughs> through what I chose to study in college and that impression I had in the temple the one day that I would use it to serve in the church. So it's kind of fun to see things yeah. come to pass earlier than you expected. Wow. Um, how has that blessed your life being a service or not a service missionary, a senior missionary? Um, well, I just enjoy it. I love it. I love my students and I feel their love for me. And so I don't know, it's not, it's like, um, a luxury I allow myself to teach. <laughs> it's not really work because I enjoy it so much. <laughs> That's so awesome. I find a lot of joy in that service. Good. Um, can you tell us about your family right now, your kids, how long you've been married, and a little bit about your current family life? Yeah, well, Marin is our oldest. She has gone to college at a few different places in Utah, but she's finishing up. Um, she's 22 and finishing up a communications major at Utah Valley University in Orem. Um, Easton is 20 years old. He has been busy since graduation working as a lifeguard, and now he is a security guard at the airport. Um, and then our son, Henry, is 17. He um, is about to start his senior year, and he loves studying auto mechanics through EVIT. And so, and he has a job at a Lincoln dealership now, and so he just sees himself as an auto mechanic. <laughs> um, and then Amelia is 14 and starting high school this year. She loves reading and knitting and sewing and... Um, did I say playing the violin? She plays violin. Cool. Um, and then Thomas is our youngest. He just turned 11 and he's starting sixth grade at Mesa Academy. And it's more, it's a little bit more like junior high when you start sixth grade at Mesa Academy. So it's kind of strange that my kids are growing up so quick. But yeah, they span 11 to 22. And how long have you and Dean been married for? Um, oh, I'm really bad with numbers. Let's see. 28 years. Wow. This August. Okay. <laughs> cool. You're coming up on a big milestone soon. 30 yeah, years. Yeah. I feel like we just celebrated 25 times going too fast. <laughs> um, this is a question I like to ask the moms. But how have you helped your children learn how to recognize the spirit in their lives and act on the promptings that they receive? Mm, that's a good question. Um, we're always encouraging our kids to pray about their decisions. And um, one thing I'm always sharing with my children is my testimony that you can study the gospel and the atonement of Jesus Christ and know it as an idea, but it's a real blessing when the Spirit can bear testimony to you that it applies to you too. Um, so, um, I guess that my 
core anchoring experiences that I share with my children came both both of them as during periods of tribulation in my life. The first one I was about 19 years old and there were there was trouble with in my family and it was just one of the hardest periods of my life. And um, when everything felt like it was falling out underneath me, um, I went to the Lord in prayer and he was there. And so even though those times were really hard, to have an opportunity where the Spirit sends, the Spirit comes and visits you. And I felt the Spirit of Elijah, the Spirit of eternal families, and I felt comforted and like encircled like a hug from family. And um, I was blessed with some remembrance, some pre-mortal, a, pre, a flash of pre-mortal remembrance that it was totally unexpected. And I just felt really encouraged that the Lord had a path for me in life, regardless of the chaos that was going around me. And it was just such an anchoring experience. The second one came as I struggled through motherhood, feeling like I was never quite good enough as a mother. And here I had had my fourth baby, and I felt like I was getting a little bit better, but then I wasn't. I was impatient to, you know, to just be a more Christ-like mother and felt like I always failed. And so I think that was just building up again in me. I was feeling it all build up, and I just went to the Lord. And um, just one night felt overwhelmed with darkness, but then again felt the Spirit and especially the spirit of Elijah, like it felt like family came and basically it's taken me a long time to figure out what it meant, but I felt like it was the Lord coming to me and telling me that and blessing me with different manifestations of the spirit to know that the, the atonement of Jesus Christ was sufficient for me that I had great hope for, you know, salvation and exaltation because his atonement was sufficient for me. He was sufficient. And that was, again, just a, a life changer, a huge anchor for me and my testimony of the gospel. It just changed how I forever thought about myself and the gospel. So, um, long story short, getting back to, I always tell my children, if you're ever in trouble, if you're ever going through hard times, turn to the Lord and He will be there. Unfortunately, it's for me, it has been in the middle of tribulation that I have, I think I needed those to be humble enough to approach the Lord as I did each time. And when the Lord was ready, He sent um, the, His Holy Spirit to me to give me what I needed in those moments. I like how even in those really tough times, you have a little silver lining, I guess, something that you're able to take from it for the positive, and you've remembered it, and it's helped you throughout your life, and now it's helping your kids as you teach them and talk to them about it. So I, I really like that. What do you do in your 
daily life that helps you maintain your testimony and continue to have spiritual experiences? Um, I think it was after my first was born, so 22 years ago. <laughs> um, taking care of a fussy newborn was just unexpectedly difficult for me and really taxed me. And um, I just realized in those early weeks of having a newborn that I needed help from the Lord. And so that's when, for me, the daily habit of prayer and scripture study really solidified. And I realized I can't do this motherhood job without the Lord with me. And so I've always had that habit to formally invite the Lord to be with me every day. And um, I think that has really blessed me. Um, I think taking time to serve um, my family and the church and all of those and go to the temple, all those things, invite the Spirit with me to be with me. And so I guess that's how I always um, invite the Lord to be with me in those ways. All right, I have one final question for you. And that is, what message would you like to have your posterity remember you by? Hmm. Um, well, I'm always writing down my testimony in journals. And so I always think of my um, children and my future grandchildren. And so I hope they will, the most important thing to remember about me is my testimony of the gospel, and we've talked about that. But um, I just have a desire that my children and grandchildren will make covenants with the Lord and will keep their covenants. And again, just making habits to invite the Lord to be in your life so that when you are ready and when the Lord is ready, He can send a witness of the truthfulness of the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ to you. And um, I think that makes all the difference. Well, thank you. I have really appreciated hearing your testimony tonight. I can tell that you've put in a lot of work and time to have this really strong testimony that you have and um you've really learned from all the experiences that you've had and made it into the strong testimony that you have so thank you for sharing with us tonight and um thanks for coming over and chatting with me thanks for having me